For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You know this, five teams, seven years. Now we got five podcasts, part of the RT Media Podcast Network. Great interview with J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington and 106.7, the fan down there in D.C., on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast this morning, talking about the momentous occasion of Daniel Snyder finally being out as the owner of the Washington football franchise. To hear JP talk about what it means to people, just awesome. Highly encourage you to check that out. We obviously have the Even Money Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast as well. And of course, Andrew Brandt has the business of sports podcasts. Believe it or not, uh, in two days, we're a month away from me calling an actual college football game that the, the, the game counts. Doing Hawaii at Vandy, week zero, a term I despise, but whatever. Week zero, Hawaii at Vandy. Very much looking forward to it. Just like I look forward to this podcast every week because it's three podcasts in one. We get you... Talking about the top NFL prospects. Today, we'll look at 2024 draft, primarily on the defensive side of the ball. Number two, we talk about the biggest college football games. Number three, we even give you our picks against the spread for those big college football games. And by we, I primarily mean my co host, Emery Hunt. Check him out at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And we have the OG on the college draft. I think this show was actually his idea. Fran Duffy from the Philadelphia Eagles on today's show. Check him out at EaglesXOS on social media. And the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Listen, even Emery can back me up on this. I don't know if there's other teams doing this, but they should. Even if you don't like the Eagles at all. Maybe you hate the Eagles. Emery, it's still worth checking out the stuff that Fran does just to see his breakdown of the coaching tape. Yeah, because Fran keeps it all football. And that's, I mean, I I was about to tweet out this morning, man. Find me the football C-SPAN, and I'll lock into that because everything else has just become like cartoonish, you know, versions of covering football. Fran keeps it OG. Fran keeps it to what I like to watch. That's why I enjoy his content. Curious, Fran, to talk about some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball because last week we focused with Dane Brugler on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, 
A lot of people were not. Ha- people have real, real strong opinions already about Drake May versus Caleb Williams. All Dane said is that he's talked to people in the NFL that have Drake May as the number one quarterback. And people, you're either, yeah, I'm on Team Drake May. I'm Drake May. <laughs> or you're racist. It's Caleb Boy. Like, I mean, it's just unbelievable. This is where we are. By the way, they have a whole season. We'll probably have a pretty a, a better idea of it by the end of the season. Fran, um, I guess before we get to the defense side of the ball, I do want to ask you, I know you've watched them. Is one guy clearly better than the other to you? Are, are they both really as good as everybody says they are? What's your thoughts on those two guys since it's such a popular topic? Well, first off, thanks for the uh, the introduction from you both. Uh, happy to be with you guys. And I, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where we are in the state of, it's not even just media. I don't even want to just paint it with just media, but it's like, oh, well, you love one side. That means you hate the other, right? It's, oh, you love Caleb Williams. That means you think Drake May stinks, right? Or, oh, Drake May is number one. That means Caleb Williams, you know, get, puts under the bat. You know, he's one of the worst players uh, in the country. Now, both guys are awesome, all right? Any other year, I think you're looking at Drake May and you're saying, yeah, this guy's probably the number one pick in the draft. And this year, it just so happens that there's another player of that caliber. Um, I personally prefer Williams, but I get the people that prefer May, right? I think that there is a, uh, a certain, like, uh, one of the things I, I wrote down while watching him, and it was it's funny because it was actually a uh, – the first game I watched at Caleb Williams was against Stanford, and it was a handoff. I want to say they were in the pistol, and he turned the wrong way on a handoff from the pistol. It was like inside zone to the right. He turned to the left, and, guys, he, like, had to, like, backhand like to you know kind of emory i know you know like the the exchange between the, the quarterback and the running back so pivotal he like had to backhand it to get it back to the running back uh you know behind his back and the play went off it went for like three or four yards and i jotted that there's like a level of figured out figured out ofness to caleb williams that's just it's really fun right the guy just gets the job done he's so gifted he's so talented uh but again drake may also extremely gifted extremely talented without going into a deep diatribe uh you know because you know dane did such a great job on this podcast last week of doing that both guys are really really special friend uh, i think a lot of what we see now and maybe more so now than we have ever seen before we don't let the process take its course right they talk about that in the the judicial process or you know, any investigation, let the investigation come to you. I feel like with, with a lot of these, you know, prospect rankings and early draft talk, people get married to initial lists and initial comments and takes. Do we really even know if Drake May is the second best quarterback in the class? What if it's someone else we're not talking about? And, you know, what if it's someone that we're not even, you know, bringing up in, in terms of names that we've heard? How much of that uh, mindset kind of is what I don't want to say uh, spoils or kind of just like I don't want to say ruins but kind of like tarnishes the draft process. Uh, process. I know I, I, I see it constantly every year with how different my rankings are and people just assume that I'm putting names together because of whatever. It's want to be different but how much of the initial list and names kind of ruin everything else subsequently? You know, I think the way I kind of treat it when it comes to like the preseason and the summer rankings, I treat it the same way I treat everything else. And you guys know, we'll just keep this like from an NFL standpoint, but you can apply this across everything. There's a saturation of content and opinions and thoughts and uh, and takes, right? Like everybody's got something to say about everything, which that's fine. That's good. But the, the big thing is, is that people then get upset by these takes and these opinions. And, and you know, to me, like – 
you know, you go like years ago where I kind of like adopted this philosophy where it's like, all right, like if you trust the source of where it's coming from, you know, like anything Emery puts out, like I'm not going to agree with every single thing that Emery says, but I trust that Emery has put in the work, everything, the, the, the thought press behind it is sound. Uh, everything is, is well informed. Right. So like, you know, I might disagree with Emery on X, Y, Z, but I know that it's coming from the right place. Right. Whereas if there's another, uh, you know, whether it's, it's a inside report of sources say blank, or if it's, Hey, you know what, this is my analysis of this player. And it's, comes with something I completely disagree with, but I, I don't either, either I don't know that person's process or I don't trust that person's process. Then I'm just not going to let that bother me. Like, like why, why, if, if, if Dane Brugler says this, I'm going to trust. Yeah. Like Dane Brugler talked to somebody that said that they like Drake may more than Caleb Williams. Like, all right. Like, yeah, like that's what Dane said. If you know, Joe Smith from, uh, you know, the drafts, uh, you know, something, something.net said it. And I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. I'm not going to get hot and bothered by it. Like, let's just move on and enjoy the rest of my day. Uh, that's kind of how I have uh, embraced. And I feel like my mental health has uh, benefited greatly from that. Fran, I've got questions about the edge guys yeah. and a certain off-the-ball linebacker that makes me feel very old. Yes. But <laughs> um, I want to ask you first, since I thought it was interesting that Dane Brugler had J.J. McCarthy from Michigan as his number three quarterback, there's actually a lot more names than I realized. You know, people like Penix Jr. from Washington. People like Bo Nix. And what he's been able to do. There are people that that really still like Spencer Rattler. We mentioned Dane and, and J.J. McCarthy. Out of the, the non-Drake May, Caleb Williams guys, is there one that really intrigued you? Or can you paint a picture where a third guy becomes, you know, like a top five guy like we had this year with Anthony Richardson going for? And if so, who is that guy? Well, the guy that I would say, and this goes actually to something that Emery said earlier, is allowing the process to play out, right? Because if you had told me 365 days ago that I would have thought this about this player, uh, I would have said, like, Fran, you are nuts. Like, well, what side of the bed did you get up on that morning? Um, Bo Nix, like, really impressed me last year, right? And it's just it's about uh, kind of shaking some of the demons from years past with him. We've seen him now uh, for this will be his fourth year going back to or his fifth year now, right? Uh, coming back from uh, from his early days at Auburn as a freshman starter. And we saw how that played out. He goes to Oregon last year. And he was bananas. He was he was outstanding. I was so, so, so impressed by that film. I was asked by somebody, it was like, June, hey, have you watched have you watched Bo Nix yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. I could tell that the person was like itching to like say something. We're like, hey, look, I'm not gonna say anything. Just like you know, over the next couple of weeks, like make sure you watch him and then let's talk about it after. And I'm very glad because I had my preconceived notions about what I was gonna get with Bo Nix. I'm like, all right, let's let's turn this on, let's see. I watched four games, and that's uh, typically you know, during the summer, I want to watch four games. I ended up watching six because I wanted to watch the last two to see like, all right, like, am I, am I seeing this right? Am I seeing, uh, what, you know, what I'm seeing? And I was just so impressed by, uh, you know, certainly the arm talent, the accuracy. Um, he's an athletic kid that can create. He's got, the, I talked about the arm talent. He's got a very quick release. The ball placement was really good last year. Now in a new offense, because the offensive coordinator left, what is that going to look like this year? Is he able to continue to build off of what he did a year ago? That's going to be fascinating. But again, that's what Emery said, right? Let let the process play out. Let's let the film here in 2023 talk to us and show us exactly what we want to see for next spring. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, especially when now as we kind of spin it in toward the college football season, and it's, it's kind of dual work where you're, you know, breaking down prospects in the summer, but you're also getting a, a look at potential college football teams um, that could be ranked high or whatnot. Penn State has, uh, to me, the biggest chance to win the Big Ten and get to the playoffs. I'm all mm-hmm. in on Penn State, right? Uh, what have you seen from a prospect perspective coming from Penn State? So I've watched a couple of their, their big name guys in the line of scrimmage uh, so far, Emery. I've watched uh, Olu Fashnu, who's he's really, really good. Um, you know, and I get going back uh, to, to school last year just because it was just his first year doing it. Uh, still relatively green to the to the position. Um, didn't start playing football till late in his high school career. Was a basketball player before that. Uh, you know, and he wanted to go get his degree. So I, I fully support that end of it. That's I mean, to me. He would have been the first tackle off the board last year um, had he come out. So I think that it's fair to assume that that would be the case this year. Uh, I think you're, you're looking at a guy who's really strong. I don't think he's like a like a freak athlete, but I think he's he's more than good enough. To me, it's more about this guy's got a power element to his game. He's really strong and tough to move off his spot. He's got strong hands that are only getting better. Like you saw them get better over the course of the year last year. Um, still a little bit raw uh, at times in the run game, but – to me, you look at this guy at you know six six, just around three hundred ten pounds, and you say, okay, he continues to grow and fill that out a little bit more. Uh, he was only a redshirt sophomore last year. He was only twenty years old uh, when we were watching him last. So um, you know, continuing to fill out that frame and develop, there's something there. He he's impressive. Uh, and then I go to the other side, a guy that's gotten a lot of buzz in like the mock draft circuits. And I'm gonna be honest, like. I didn't know much about this player. He was a, a, a big-time recruit coming out of high school uh, in Maryland, um, in the Alligatorsburg, and that's Chop Robinson, the pass rusher, who actually went to Maryland uh, his first year, then transferred to Penn State last year. He's at the spot now where Fashinu was a year ago. He's only got one career start. He's played just about 700 snaps so far on defense. So we're talking about a guy that's got a very small sample size. I think he's a pure high side rusher. I don't think that he's got like that power element that you're looking for at this stage. So you hope that he can continue to develop that, but he can time the time of his, uh, his jump off the snap pretty well. I think he can, he can win off the ball, uh, both run game and pass game. You could see him try and cross face and get into the backfield, create some negative plays. And he's a hot white motor guy. He's one of those guys that's always playing to the echo of the whistle. And so that's going to set you up for production as well. I'm excited to see what Chop Robinson can do uh, here. And I'm assuming he'll be a starter here uh, as a true junior this fall. I've actually met him and he's pretty well put together. I, I, I'll i be curious to see, if, uh, Fran, if he develops a power element yeah. to his rush this year. And I think I was just reading, or maybe they were telling me, I think he ran like a 4-4-7. I believe they're testing, which is, you know, uh, he was like the fourth fastest guy on the team or something, you know, as a, as an outside linebacker. So he is uh, he was a five star yep. for a reason. Speaking of five star, my front page story dot com, the five star gift you can give anyone for any reason. Just go to my front page story dot com. Put your email in there, even if you don't have a, a reason to get somebody a gift right now, a birthday or anniversary. Put your email in there so that when they have discounts and codes for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, you don't miss out on it. I want to ask you, friend, about another edge rusher. And this one is from Ohio State. 
I watched the Ohio State Penn State game. And not <laughs> only would Ohio State not have won this game without this guy, Penn State might have won by two scores. Um, I don't even know how to say his last name. He's like number 44. He's got the hair flowing in the back. JT Tuimolo. That guy might have had, Fran, the best game I've ever seen by a defensive college football player. I, I mean, you probably know, but he had like a strip sack for a touchdown, uh, a pick for a touchdown, like five sacks. How is that even possible when they got Fashano? I don't, I don't even know. But Penn State wins that game unless they have that Tuimalalu guy on Ohio State's team. Tell me about him as a prospect. Well, you know me, Ross. I am a stickler on the uh, the pronunciation. I try and do my best uh, with that whenever possible. So JT Tuimalau, uh, 6'4", 271 pounds. This is another kid. Wow. That he, he, he is a brick house, man. He is, and he brings that power element. He's the opposite of Chop Robinson on film right now where he gets instant pushback against tackles. Um, the, some of his best reps – are him pushing the pocket and really embarrassing the guys uh, across from him. So um, I would say mo- most often he was lined up off the edge. At times uh, they would kind of move him around a bit, in different stances, some different techniques, but uh, mostly off the edge as like a five or a seven technique. They would kick him out and he would stand as like a snug alignment. And he's because he's got that power element to say, you know, what? I can create disruption even though I'm saying, you know, head up on the uh, on the tackle across from me. So I think right now you're looking at a guy that is a pretty good athlete considering his size. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, as dynamic a tester as Shop Robinson. Uh, but this is a guy that can cr- create push in the pocket. And also, I just I think that right now he like knows that that's where his bread is buttered, right? He know he knows he's a pool rusher. But continuing to expand off of that, I think will be good for his game, right? Just continuing to add uh, to that arsenal of moves. I also would just like to see him get a little bit more consistent against the run. That, that was one of the other things I thought that was a little disappointing. Um, you know, I think that he's built and has like the skill set. If you just watch that Penn State game, if you just watch his like sack reel, you're like, man, like this kid could be Cam Jordan, right? Like he he could be that type of presence off the edge, but he's got to develop that more into that three, that true three down player where um, you know his pad level was just too bad at times. He got moved off the ball too too often for a guy who's two seventy, right? Like, you just want to see him get a little bit better in that arena but uh this is a guy that looks like an nfl starter all day i'm excited to see what the jump is you know the coaching's good uh you know you know he's getting well coached uh by larry johnson and so i think when you look at ohio state you look at tui malau uh, a lot of reason to think the arrow is pointing up there yeah you talk about fashano and going back in and that makes sense because when you think about he's 20 like that 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 kind of matters you know what i'm saying you're going up against grown men in the nfl as a defensive end uh, at defensive end you kind of have to get a little bit more grown man strength than you. But when you look at someone like Jared Verse, I felt like, okay, you left Albany, you Albany, you go down to Florida State, you have a great year, and you're projected to go top 10. Yep. What more does he have to show and, and as to why he went back and why do you think he went back and how much of his ceiling you think he has hit uh, so far? So, you know, it's funny. Obviously, look, we know that the season he had last year, right? And so I actually watched – three games in like December or January before he declared, before he announced that he was going back to Florida state. I, I watched him last fall uh, as he was wreaking havoc on the ACC. And one of the things I wrote was this is a guy who's playing every down. Like he's trying to prove a point. 
And to me, like, I wonder if, how much of that, and I don't know, like, without talking to him, how much of that was like, hey, you know what? Like, oh, you don't, you guys think I'm a one-year wonder? Like, all right, watch this. I got to come back and do this again uh, here in 2023. I'm sure the NIL had something to do with it. I'm not sure where he was at from, like, a, a, a diploma standpoint. Um, as far, you know, when, when you're looking at Jared, Jared Verse, but uh, a PA native, by the way, uh, Central Columbia High School uh, here in PA. Uh, but I think when you look at Jared Verse, um, this is another guy that's kind of like Tui Malau, where uh, he's very purposeful with his hands and he's got that power to push the pocket. He plays nonstop. He's always chasing the football. He's got really violent hands, purposeful hands, like I said, and he times the snap really well. And so to me, when you play that way, uh, what's the shortest route to the ball is A to B straight line through the tackle, right? So uh, if you're constantly playing with that kind of play personality, where you're always going to be around the ball, you play on the, the shortest path to the ball, like, you're going to be around the ball. And this, I think he's, he's not a guy that's going to be running past the quarterback or running around tackles. To try. No, like he's going A to B and he's going to try and find the football. I think that's Jared versus superpower. He's, he's got that ability to win with power, create that initial push and find the football. I had no idea Jared verse went to central Columbia. I cannot believe that <laughs> nobody in that area that's talented like that. They all go to Southern Columbia which wins the state championship every year. I never even heard of him in high school. That That is unbelievable. Very, very interesting, Fran. Uh, speaking of unbelievable, okay, I once played against this guy, and then we were teammates in Washington. Mm. And then Washington cut me, so I played against him again for the <laughs> Cowboys. Jeremiah Trotter, just an all-time great Philadelphia Eagle, and his son, I called one or two of his state championship games. He's evidently a big-time prospect. I didn't know, Fran, if he would get to this level at the college level. And he's a different player than his dad was, right? More of a run-and-hit guy as opposed to like a heavy-set, thicker guy. Tell me about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Well, he's listed six foot 230. Um and it's funny, I've talked with a lot of his former teammates, uh, you know, coming through the combine. I, I talked after Trotter's uh, freshman year, I talked with Balen Spector, uh, former Clemson linebacker, and just kind of asked him, he's like, you know, what really impressed us right away was even though he's a backup and, you know, and, you know, wasn't playing a lot, was you could see how fast he was processing. His instincts were really, really impressive. And then talking with KJ Henry, the former Clemson deep pass rusher, I talked with him this year at the combine, and he was like, you could just tell, like, He's his dad's son. You could tell, like, he came out of the womb ready to play linebacker. And um, he's, a, he's a really fun player. Another guy, like, high effort, always chasing the football. Uh, plays with more than enough of, like, the requisite, like, toughness and competitiveness and violence that you need. He's got some of that downhill thumper to him. There are times, Ross, where he's taken on a pulling guard in the whole full extension. Um, I do wonder, like, what, what is that fully bo- – what is that body type going to look like? Uh, what, how long are his arms? Is he going to get dinged on that uh, by, by scouts? Because we know right, right now everybody in the league is looking for athleticism and length, athleticism and length, athleticism and length. The guys that are getting drafted high, you have – typically both of those traits so it's tough to crack that if you don't have both and so I do wonder where that will what that will mean for Trotter's draft status now we've seen other guys come in and that didn't quite have you know like Nick Bolton come you know he was the guy that I really liked out of Missouri a couple years ago uh, and had a lot of these same kind, kind of tools in his toolbox and became a second round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs and I mean he's one of the best linebackers in football you know at the end of the day like he's one of the best guys at the position right now so I think when you look at Jeremiah Trotter Jr. yeah he's more of a run and chase guy a little bit on the, on the shorter squattier side um, but this guy's a good football player he's a, he's really really fun to watch 
last one for me, Fran, is uh, when you think about, you know, the NFL season, uh, you know, is upon us and you cover the Eagles, you're there every day. Who is that back end superstar that we're not talking about <clears throat> as we get ready for the season? From a, from a college standpoint? From an Eagle standpoint. Oh, from an <coughs> Eagle standpoint. Ooh. Um, I'll tell you what, one guy that I, you know, I understand why he's flying under the radar, right? Because, you know, the Eagles drafted Jordan Davis a year ago. They drafted Jalen Carter this year. But people are forgetting about Milton Williams. Um, you know, and this is a guy that was a third-round pick a couple years ago out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, I mean, arguably, like, the best athlete to ever go through, like, the testing circuit along the defensive line, um, you know, from a pre-draft process standpoint. It was a weird year. That was during the COVID time, so it was pro day numbers and stuff like that. But his numbers coming out were insane. His production coming out was insane. Uh, I just put out a, I put out a tweet that actually started recirculating uh, this year or the, this month, rather, from last year where it was like, uh, there's only X amount of defensive tackles that rated uh, really high in like pass rush win rate and then run game win rate and like positive plays that resulted in a, in a positive grade by PFF. And Milton Williams was up there with like, it was like Aaron Donald, like DeForest Buckner or something like that. Uh, it was uh, insane. And to me, I think you look at Milton Williams, this guy is an outstanding disruptor. He gets into the backfield. He plays uh, with a really white, again, I, I keep saying the same things about these guys, but I think it's, it tra- translates to success. The guys that play with that nonstop motor, um, always putting himself around the ball. Again, he's going to be kind of like a, an important role player. He's not going to be a starter every down for the Eagles most likely, but this is a guy that I think is going to be a really, really impressive player for them in that front. And he went to the best non-P5 D1 school in Louisiana. Whatever, Ross. As opposed to the Raging Cajuns. Although every rep so hard for anybody that's not P5 that he probably loves Milton Williams too because he's he's from Tech. I will say this, Fran. Um, they don't make him like Jeremiah Trotter anymore. Yeah, no, Jeremiah no. Trotter Sr., he was 260. 265 yep. back like th- th- there aren't guys, I don't think there are guys like and he was only like six one. I mean he was just his lower body and he would attack you oh my as an interior lineman and light you up there, there just aren't really guys that play like that really I mean, I, I'd be curious I don't even know if he could play anymore because they're not playing linebacker yeah I was gonna say he's playing he's playing off the edge yeah it's crazy yeah. hey check him out at Eagles XOS on social media Emery's at F-Ball Game Plan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.